we're going to continue in that this evening. Um, and I'm, I'm going to invite Caitlin up. She's going to share a little bit with us. Can you welcome Caitlin for me? She's got some things um, to surprise us with. What do you got? Hey everyone, I'm Caitlin. Um, I'm a student. I'm a biochemist, um, and I'm. When I was an undergrad, one of the things that God really taught me during that time is the importance of vocation in His kingdom and how He takes the things that we're gifted with, the things that we enjoy doing, and He uses those in His kingdom and to accomplish His purposes. And um, so, going on the idea that that Christ is in all things, and He's before all things, and He's in all things, and He's calling us, the things that He's placed on our heart fall in line with that too. And so now it's cool. Now in the next stage of my studies here in Baltimore to be surrounded and supported by a community where now we're talking about dreaming with God and taking beyond just that daily vocation and really applying it to the dreams and big things, bigger picture things that God may be calling us to. Um, and so as we're trying to, to determine like what that dreaming might look like, I feel like a lot of times it's, it's something you enjoy doing. And it's also probably an area of your life in which God has just poured out favor on top of you and... Um, just totally unexpected and, and um, just something that you are uniquely gifted for and, and prepared for and his favor just like comes on and you just didn't see it coming. Um, and recently I experienced this. I was awarded with a, a small prize for young investigators, young researchers. So it was really cool. Like just yeah. things aligned and God brought that together. So it was a really cool opportunity. And it also reminded me of the importance of community there too because I um, – a lot of other people, other researchers at Hopkins have also gotten that award in the past. So it's cool to be part of that legacy, part of that tradition. And um, so I, that speaks to both the importance of, like, the community that you're in and also, like, the generations of support that are, like, supporting your dream and, like, pouring into you in this thing. Um, and so I was super late to home group on t- Tuesday night, but it was God's providence in that because um, I heard something on the radio that like really stuck with me and I wouldn't have heard it if I was sitting in home group at that time. Um, <laughs> so just amazing how God uses that too. Um, but it was related to 1 Samuel 16 and 17. So the story of, of Saul's, in, um, sorry, of the anointing of David and of David's preparation and then going against Goliath. And um, during that time, there's a few little verses where we get a sneak peek of what David was going through after he was anointed, but before he was actually called into the thing that God was calling him to. And um, I think maybe many of us in this community kind of feel in that stage right now that like, yeah, we feel like God's calling us to this thing, shaping us for this thing, but we're still kind of feeling out what that is. And and in the meantime, how do we, what do we do with that? Um, And so it's cool that David just keeps tending the sheep right? Like, that's what he's called to do in that time, and and that's what he keeps doing. Um, So that was really encouraging to me, like, in the midst of my training, doing the meticulous day after day, that, like, just being faithful and doing the things that God's calling me to do right now is all part of that dreaming, all part of what he's calling us to. Um, And it was also pretty cool in that story that whenever David gets called away from the sheep, he also supplies a shepherd to keep tending to the flock. So, like, even when he's called to go minister to Saul, he still finds a way to tend to the sheep because, like, during this time, he's called to tend to the sheep. So it's just kind of a cool reminder. And um, I was trying to think, like, what did David feel during this time? And, like, you know, knowing that he was anointed for this thing but still not yet there. And I feel like to him it didn't feel mundane out there in the fields every day tending to the sheep. Like, it didn't... It, was something that he knew he was called to in that time and purpose. Um, And so I would just encourage you in that thing, in that place that, like, um, for me, like, working in the lab daily, like, it's not something that I'm, like, 
dread, you know, <laughs> dreading going to work every day. Like I, I think part of the dream is like having that foresight of what's coming, but also like not being bogged down by what we think may feel mundane, but letting God like infuse the mundane with purpose and like remind you that you are being prepared for what th that thing that he's calling you to. Um, and so like in that, I think one way that we can, um, a question came up at home group is like, how do you value, how do you know when you've like are walking in or like how have you reached that dream? And I think part of it is like a transformation of how you view that time. Um, and so that time of preparing and, and prepping doesn't feel so much like time being spent, but it's like quality time, quality time with him, quality time preparing for the thing that he's calling you to. Um, so that idea of like chronos measured time to kairos quality time. So I just pray that for all of us um, that we would feel more of those kairos moments of like recognizing that this is exactly where God has us, where he wants us, and how he's using us. So um, yeah, thank you for that. And it's exciting to be in a community that's working, walking through this together at the same time. That's so good. Did I mention how we found out about this, you know, not so um, big of a deal award that Caitlin won? Facebook. <laughs> Thank you, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And, and thank you, Adeline, because uh, she happened to be there <laughs> and was like, what? It's Caitlin winning an award. <laughs> we might have never known. Uh, but I, I think God wanted us to know <laughs> so we could be proud of you. We're proud of you. I said this last week. We are in a room of amazingly talented people. It's It's ridiculous. In, in the best way possible. Thanks for sharing that, Caitlin. Also, I got a text message from my wife. <laughs> when we see God as big as he is, our vision of ourselves grows by being in his shadow. I should just have asked you for that from the get-go. When we see God as big as he is, our vision of ourselves grows by being in his shadow. And I think that that connects to our, our discussion on dreaming in the sense that um, I think whatever dreams we have, God isn't looking to minimize those. He's looking to expand those, actually, as we come to know who he is. Um, all right. Um, I want to I talk tonight about... Really, um, a dream of dreams, okay? I want to I wanna talk about, in fact, a dream that is for every single one of us. And a dream to define the dreams that we have. And I feel like this is really important as we um, kind of continue this conversation in that um, whatever dreams we have... Um, I think if they're worth having, they're from God. And ultimately, they connect to this dream of dreams that he has and he has for us. And I'll explain that, okay? Because you, you might be thinking, what the heck does that mean? Um, so I want to give some context for our dreaming tonight. In, 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 the, um, in relation to what it means to know God. And what it means to be his. And what it means to be following him. In pursuit of him. In pursuit of, hopefully, the dreams that he has. 
See, because our dreams and God's dreams shouldn't be, disconnect, shouldn't be disconnected. Um, and in fact, when we come to know him and we come to know um, how he's made us, we, we realize actually any dream that we have that's worth having is from him. And I would argue and kind of take that a step further and say that it should be connected to his dream. And I want to talk about that tonight. What is, what is God's dream? What is the dream of dreams that God has that he wants us to have, okay? Um, and, and part of why I want to talk about that is because I think as we talk about dreaming, there is the possibility that we might take it somewhere that God never intended to take it. I believe God wants to encourage us. I believe he wants to strengthen us. I believe he wants to give us faith and hope for dreams, I believe the, the thought of God, um, his thoughts not being ours is actually um, something that's meant to do that. It's meant to expand us, not to discourage us. Um, but with that, I think we have to be careful that we're not, uh, we don't put this in a context that God never intended. And what I mean by that is, let's just talk about a dream that we have the... the uh, possibility of being affected by without knowing that it, in fact, is not God's dream. Anybody heard of the American dream? See, I think too often people who should be solidified in their understanding of God's dream are often confused by and embracing another dream, a dream that isn't God's dream. A dream that ultimately is, is, a, is just a, a shadow, a, a small and, and finite glimpse of a much bigger, much better dream. See, because I actually think there's some, some correlation there, but it's not the same thing at all. Which is why, in fact, we could be confused in embracing this dream that is not God's dream because you know guess what God's not American so that's for one so his dream is probably not the American dream just just simple as that okay surprise um hopefully that was not a surprise I want to read this this was um so I pulled this from Wikipedia I confess um (laughs) in case uh there's any error in it but um this is been attributed the definition of the American dream to James Truslow Adams, 1931. Uh, He was quoted as saying, according to Wikipedia, life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement. Life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement. And some have just taken that to mean life should be richer. <laughs> life should be fuller of more things and stuff and money. And um, that's what the opportunity is. It's interesting because I think that this sounds kind of similar to words that we hear from Jesus himself, but it's not quite the same thing. I don't know if it brings anything to mind for you, but it, it brought to mind for me John 10.10, 10, and, and maybe um, we can get that, go there for a second. I didn't give you that one, John, sorry. I meant to. John 10.10. 10. 
John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Life and life abundant. Life and life to its fullest. It almost sounds like, if you take it out of its context, in fact, sounds like what was spoken of related to the American dream. But it's not quite the same. And what I would say, in fact, is that the American dream as we know it, and even as it was perhaps originally intended, is a small-minded, man-inspired attempt at dreaming. See, because I think until God enters the equation, we will be limited in our dreams by what we can see and what we can touch and the material things of this world. But when we begin to dream with God, we realize that that gets expanded right away. It's not just what we see and what we have. There's, there's another level to, another dimension to dreaming itself. And it's the, the dimension of heaven itself. Are you with me? So actually our dreams are meant to be heavenly dreams. And that's why I say, I don't think what, what was said here about the American dream is bad in, in, of, in and of itself. But I think it's limited. It's small-minded in that it, it's talking about a material reality when in fact we have... Not just some materiality, we do have that, but we have a heavenly reality. And when it comes to dreaming with God, I think it's supposed to include and in fact be anchored in a heavenly reality. Again, some amens, I like that. If, that, if that's not comfortable for you, you can do this. I'm just saying, we've had that around for a while, but I haven't seen it lately, so... Um, <laughs> So, an earthly dream versus a heavenly dream. The American dream versus the heavenly dream. What is that? See, Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and have it to its fullest. But then he goes on to define that for us. Actually, I want to come back to that and leave you hanging there. <laughs> I want to read a couple other verses that talk about, um, talk about this. A heavenly perspective. Uh, Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Part of the heavenly perspective that we're meant to have. What does it mean to have a heavenly perspective? To not be merely earthly minded, but to have... A heavenly perspective that then gives us heavenly dreams. In Matthew 6, verse 19, Jesus says these words. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy. I'm feeling that. We have a little bit of a mice problem right now. We're working on it. Maria did not want you to know that. Sorry. (laughs) Added that from the message. (laughs) It's real, people. (laughs) Can I get amen? All right. See, we're not alone, babe. (laughs) And where thieves break in and steal. 
All right? Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy. Amen. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. He's talking about being invested in something with your heart, with who you are. He's not talking about whether you have things or don't have things. But he's talking about where you store up your treasures, where you put your heart, what you care about, what you long for, what you desire. It's the realm of dreams. And so, in fact, he says to put your treasure in heaven is, to, is really the starting place of dreaming with heaven. To say that this is not what defines me. This is not all there is. And in fact, because it's not all there is, and my, my reality is defined by another place, another person, my dreams will be as well. The things I treasure will be as well. The things I'm hoping for and longing for and protecting will be as well. He goes on to say, in verse 31, he says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? It's funny, these are the things that often get in the way of dreaming, the worries. And Jesus said, I'm going to take care of them. He says, your heavenly father knows. In fact, I think he's, he's giving us part of the solution to get to the dreams is trusting God with the day-to-day. Because often we don't even get to the dreams because we're worried about the day-to-day and how we're going to make it. He says, your heavenly father knows. And interestingly enough, he says, and the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. People are chasing after Dreams that are built on stuff here. (laughs) Important things. But things that God says, I know what you need. And it's not that they're not important because I believe that when he says your heavenly father knows, it's an assurance that he knows that you need them and he knows they're important and, and he cares for you. He says, but seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I would say that heaven's dreams are driven by heaven's priorities. Heaven's dreams are driven by heaven's priorities. Which means that if we want to dream with God and we want to have a heavenly dream with him. That we have to let him set the priorities for us. And I believe that's what Jesus is doing here. He's setting the priorities. He's saying the stuff that you have is not ultimately what's important. There's something of greater importance to that. Which is the things that are being stored up for you for in a spiritual realm. Okay? And then he goes on to say it's not that your basic needs aren't important. But seek, not first, those things, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first what, what God cares about, what God is doing, what God would have you 
join him in participating in. And all of these things, there's a promise there, by the way. He didn't just leave it at that. And all of these things will be taken care of. They will be added to you. They will be given to you. Now back to, back to that John 10 real quick. The context here, really important. Because people have quoted John 10, 10 and has it as an excuse for whatever we think abundant life really means. Abundant life. Having a yacht. I'd like a boat. I'm just saying. A bigger boat than the one I have now. Not a yacht, but something slightly bigger. Anyway, I digress. I don't think that's what Jesus means, just to clarify, when he says abundant life. This is what he says just before that. In verse 7, he says, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And he's given a parable here. He's giving a parable about those who were tending to the people of God, but in fact didn't know God. And to them, he says, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep, meaning the one that, that anyone who would tend to the sheep have to go through, the gate. Since all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Whoever enters through me, when Jesus says, I've come that you would have abundant life, abundant life is directly connected to him. It's connected to knowing him. It's connected to being found in his pasture. It's connected to Jesus. Are you with me? All right, this is where you do this. All right. (laughs) Abundant life is found in him. That's where, that's the source of it, all right? So when we talk about what it means to dream, when we talk about what it means to live fully, it's found in Jesus. He's the source of it. Life with Jesus is abundance. And I would suggest that it's the beginning and the end of discovering our dreams. Anything that we could dream that's worth having is found in life with him. It's found in knowing him. In fact, that is the starting point. I want to talk about the ultimate dream. The, the, the thing that if we were to say, if we could achieve, so to speak, one thing, what would it be? It's weird because this isn't going to quite sound like achievement, perhaps, but, or something that we on our own can accomplish. But this is what I think it is. And it's related to life with Jesus. It's related to what it means to know him. There's two verses that sum this up. The first, I would say, is the Great Commission. Go with me to Matthew 28. You may have heard this one before. Verse 19, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all 
nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want to say that the ultimate dream is connected partly to this verse. The ultimate dream that, that we are meant to actually all have is connected to this verse. But it's because of another verse. Matthew 22. All right? Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verse 36. They were testing Jesus. Never a good idea. <laughs> Fun. In the sense of the onlooker. <laughs> What's he going to do now? <laughs> He's going to get him. He does every time. How's he going to get him this time? Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two, which is to say these are the most important. It's all summed up in this. And how does this relate to dreaming? How does this relate to dreaming? See, I I would suggest that if we don't find our dreams in the dream of God, we're missing the point. And what is the dream of God? What is the dream of God? I think it's, it's actually a combination of these two things. The great commission and the great commandment. In these two things, there is the dream of God. But it's not necessarily explicitly explained. Okay, so I want to read one more passage. It's Revelation 7, 9 through 12. We're all over. We are going to the very end. I said the beginning and the end. So we're going to Revelation of the dream is found in God's dream. Revelation 7, 9 through 12. It says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. That's how big God's dream is. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. This is the dream of God. This is the dream of all dreams. Are you, are you with me tonight? Are you alive? <laughs> this is the vision that God has for humanity. It is a people redeemed, brought in to know him. And that's why we have the great commandment. And that's the great commission. And that's what the great commandment is about. It's about calling people into this place of knowing a God who created us to love and be loved. 
And, and I would suggest that any dream that we have that's worth having is going to find itself rooted in this dream. And if it doesn't, we're not dreaming big enough. We might just be dreaming for here and now. But guess what? Those dreams will not last. This one will And the beauty of this dream is we all can find ourselves in it in a unique way. But it's one dream. This is the dream that God has. And in fact, this is the dream that found you. This is the dream that found you and called you into true dreaming. It's this dream. We were found by it. It's a good dream. And it's a good dream for us to be collaborating with God in dreaming as well. He called us into it. When we say that God wants us to dream with him, this is where it starts. This is where it ends. It starts and ends with us knowing that his dream, the dream that found us, is the dream that he has for humanity, all of humanity. And all of us are going to play a unique part in that. And any dream that we have that is worth dreaming is rooted in this one. Will we dream with them? I love it because it, it kind of makes it simple for us, so to speak. Like, it, it focuses it for us. Like, when we talk about dreams, it can get really vague and out there. And, and there is this hard work of us walking with God into the specificity of dreams. But I would say that when we find ourselves out there and we're confused and we're wondering, what the heck am I doing and what is the point? Let us come back to being anchored in this dream that we already know. Let us come back to being anchored with the vision that God has that we've been called to be a part of accomplishing. It's pretty awesome when you think about it. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. God had this dream and he said, oh, and by the way, I'm inviting you into it to help me accomplish it. You're not going to just be there in the end on that day worshiping him in that multitude he says i want you to be a part of creating that multitude i want you to be a part of gathering those people i want you to be a part of bringing someone into my fold my pasture to know me to discover in that who they were created to be see and if we don't See that, then we're missing what we've created to be. All right, we're going to wrap up. And I just want to, I want us to wrap up in prayer um, along those lines. That indeed, our treasure would be that which he treasures. I want that to be my prayer. Because it's in that place that things really begin to matter. It's in that place that the things that you do actually will have a lasting impact and effect. Eternal impact and effect. We're going to continue to talk about what this looks like. And, and like I said, it's one dream, but there's, there's a myriad of expressions. And each one of us is meant to fulfill this in a, in a unique way. You know, there's, um, there's, you can fulfill this dream as a runner. 
or a rapper. You can fulfill this dream as an artist or a pastor. You can even fulfill this dream as a lawyer. Looking at you, buddy. I just, I, I went there. Did you know Dale is a lawyer? I, I'm just, I'm amazed by that. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I just think that's awesome. I don't even know how one gets there. I know that there's a bar exam in between. Um, and that's, that's all I know. And that's all I need to know. But, man, you should talk to Dale about that. I'm done embarrassing you now. So that's my point, okay? <laughs> it can do it. And he wants to do it through the way that he's uniquely made you and the things that you uniquely care about. Ultimately, is this dream. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have this dream. And as one who is teaching us what it looks like to dream, you, you set out with this dream in your heart. And you have accomplished it and you are accomplishing it it was your good pleasure that sent the son and even before he came you had your sights set on us to redeem us to bring us back to you to bring us into that which we were made for, to know you, to know your love, and to love you in return, to be changed by your love in a way that we're never the same, in a way where the earth that we walk on is never the same, in a way where the people we encounter, the people we talk to, the people that encounter us are never the same. God, that is our prayer. God, too often we haven't dreamed big enough because our dreams haven't been rooted in your dream. And yet you invite us again and again to find our treasure there, anchored in heaven, to believe that it can come here in our midst. Lord, if that has not been what our dreams have been anchored in, God, would you reorient us? Would you bring us back to the truth of that, the beauty of that. And if we've never found our dreams there, Lord, I pray we would start by discovering, in fact, how much you love us, how much you care for us, that you would send your son that you would die for us, that you would go in our place so that we could know you. And anyone that's never experienced that dream firsthand, God, I pray tonight they would. I pray tonight they would experience the truth of that dream. 
that you've started through your son and you've completed through your son that we will one day see in its fullness. God, we want to see others brought into it as well because in it, we find abundant life. In it, we find our purpose. In it, our dreams begin to make sense. So help us go there with you. Expand us, God. Deepen our hearts. Deepen our love. Expand our vision. Expand our horizons. In Jesus' name we pray.